listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones and joining us as he does every week, our longest running uh, person who's been a co-host and a contributor to this show, Mr. Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry, from a very, very soggy horse-tooth reservoir. Well, I'll tell you what, it may be foggy, but you're in the middle of of one of and one of a few of these events, the Cast for Kids, that I think are some of the most special, incredible events that people can take part in. Yeah, absolutely. This is about my, we're trying to do the math, 18th or 20th year of, of doing this bench. And, and CAST stands for Catch a Special Thrill. And it's for uh, developmentally disabled kids from uh, around six or seven years old up to about 21 or 22 years old. And it's basically a bunch of volunteers with boats from the various fishing clubs around the around the state, from Centennial Bass Club and Denver Bassmasters and Pikes Peak Bassmaster guys are up here. And uh, they just volunteer their boats and time and take these kids out and, and get them experience a little bit of time on the water and catch, and, catch some fish. And uh, it's all free for them. All the tackle, everything's provided. All the kids just got to show up and go fish. And then there's a big barbecue afterwards. It's sort of a makeshift competition, but nobody really keeping track of any of that. It's more about, uh, you know, getting the kids excited. And there's, uh, I think, somewhere around 50 or 60 kids here today that showed up, and it's been raining the entire time, and I haven't heard one complaint yet. Well, I tell you, you know that I'm evangelistic about getting youth into the outdoors, and I've taken part in a number of these events. In fact, um, I I have a story. I won't tell it again today. I've told it many times on the air where I took a a 16-year-old youth out in a wheelchair, and when his face lit up, and the joy it brought him and the bond that we formed that lasted for years, uh, you just know these are times that you create memories, both for them and yourself, that you can't replace. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what it's all about. You know, I've, I've had a couple of kids in the boat over the years that just, they, they may not even be 100% cognizant of what all is going on, but the the sheer joy on their face is unbelievable. And there's everything from Down syndrome to all sorts of other stuff here, just depending on, on what level of, of development disability your kid has is, dictates what goes on. In some cases, you've got to hook fish and then hand them off. Some of the kids can actually fish, and you just got to coach them a little bit. And the other thing to keep in mind, Terry, is the parents, typically there's either a guardian or a parent that will ride in the boat as well just to make sure everything goes okay. And they get to learn from the guys in the boat and then can take their kids, uh, you know, at, in the future. So there's that situation that goes on as well. And uh, and all the parents are, are at least as grateful as the kids are. And then, like I said, everybody will get together in the pavilion here in South Bay and about, well, pretty much right after I get off the radio show and have a big barbecue. And it uh, it's a great event. And I want to point out there's one going on in Chatfield. I want to say it's July 29th off the top of my head. Uh, this year will be the first time they've done one down there. And so if if you're a Denver-based angler and you want to get involved, castforkids.org is the place to check it out. Yeah, I know they still need about 10 or 15 boaters. And I don't know how they're, if they're full with kids or not, but if you missed this event, go to castforkids.org and check out the Chatfield event and, and get, get involved, folks. It's, it's going to be as rewarding for you as it is for the kids. Chad, let's yeah, talk about fishing. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say one more thing. If you do volunteer, they have everything to val- they valet you when you get them. So you put the kids in your boat, you get in your boat, they have a valet launcher that will launch you for you and go get your truck. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a well-run, it's a national organization. They do them all over the country and, uh, it's a very well-organized and run event. 
So as for the fishing, Terry, um, go fishing. It's the first week of June. It's free fishing weekend, and fishing is really good. I mean, just all there is to it. Even in the rain today, uh, one of the boats I talked to has been raining all day. They're in a pontoon boat, and they still had 24 fish caught in three hours with, with kids. So the fishing's pretty good. Uh, for me, these days, June's for jigging. I've said that for years. The finesse jig's the deal. You give me an eight-ounce jig with either a gold minnow, a tube jig, a net rig, or a small swim shad, like a little power swimmer or something, and I'm a happy camper. I can catch fish anywhere in the state doing that. Uh, a couple of keys, light line for sure, six or eight pound if you're going to use fluorocarbon or monofilament, maybe up to 10 if you're going to use braid. Uh, medium light powered rods on the long end of the spectrum, 610 to 76, and ardent line watching. Lots and lots and lots of line watching, and you'll catch all kinds of fish. You know, I think, you know, you typically, you and I, or at least I do, I use a, a super line and then I put a fluorocarbon leader on it. And a lot of people, even with their super line, they'll go to a harder to see line. And especially for beginning anglers or not as experienced anglers, a bright super line, you're still going to have that fluorocarbon leader. But what you said, watching that line can be so difficult. Having a bright line can really improve your fishing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a fishing guide, as you know, and uh, and guiding this uh, this last week, we caught something like 250 fish. And I've got rods rigged, one of them with bright yellow and uh, in, in the Berkeley X9. And then I've got another one with Ultra 8, which is white. And uh, exactly like you're saying, and we're putting fluorocarbon leaders about three feet long on the end of them of 8 pounds, trying 100% fluorocarbon, and we're doing 8-ounce jigs. And for me, it's been all about the two-and-a-half-inch tube jig for the last week. But I also know from talking to guys today, they're catching them on Ned rigs and gulp minnows and all kinds of stuff. I gave a, a quick pre-meeting thing for this uh, for the cast event to let everybody know how to catch them here. And the guys that are doing what I said are nuking fish. So that, uh, like I said, that one pontoon boat had 24 catches in like two hours uh, with kids fishing, you know. So uh, people are catching fish. Oh, you know, and you talk about um, finesse fishing. I want to go through some of the presentations we talk about. You talked about a Ned rig, a gulp minnow, and a tube, and those are all, at one time or another, were extremely popular. Their popularity goes up and down. The gulp minnow versus the Ned rig, what's the difference? Nothing. <laughs> the gulp minnow's sharper uh, at one end, and I've said that forever. People ask me, oh, you fish Ned rigs? No, I've been fishing gulp minnows since way before Ned invented the Ned rig, so um, at the end of the day, for me, they're the same. What what makes a Ned Rig a Ned Rig to me, first of all, in talking with Ned Kale, the guy that invented the Ned Rig, first of all, it should have no appendages. So as soon as it has appendages, it's not a Ned Rig. If you put a flapper tail on it, it's not a Ned Rig. It's, it should be a straight-bodied, short, thick, fat thing, and it should stay basically pinned to the bottom. That's how Ned designed that to work. The tube jig, uh, when I'm fishing that thing, I'm doing more of a lift and drop and taking advantage of the spiraling as aspect of a tube. So when you put a jig head inside of a tube and then you let that thing fall, it will spiral, and that slows the fall rate a little bit. It doesn't just nosedive for the bottom like a Ned rig does. And so that extra little uh, buoyancy, it's not really buoyancy, but that slower fall rate is for sure catching more fish for me right now. Um, and then the other one, the old school one, we don't talk about it much anymore, but I think the first time we ever filmed with you, it was the only thing we caught fish on. And that's a little power grub, a little three inch power grub on a jig head. Hard to beat that thing or the, the you know, the classic Mr. Twister that people are familiar with hard to beat one of those as well. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to the fundamentals of the finesse bite, meaning don't hold on to the rod too hard, keep eye on the line, control your slack. You want a little bit of a bow, but not pure slack. But if it's pure tight, the bait's coming right to you. So it's kind of a controlled slack deal and, and bite detection. And all day long on my guide trips, I have to tell people they're bit. They don't notice it because they're not paying close enough attention to what the line's doing. And the thing about any of these, if it's got a lead head, it's going to go to the bottom. So if it doesn't go to the bottom, if it moves sideways, if it stops sinking, if it speeds up sinking, if the line does anything different than other than, than sink at its normal rate, then I'm going right to a hook set. That's all there's to it because that jig head does not think on its own. And depending on the species of fish, you'll get all different kinds of bites. And when you're finesse jigging, all kinds of fish will bite. So, yes, we've been targeting bass, but we've been catching green sunfish. We've caught walleye. We've caught wipers. We've caught trout. And each of them have a little bit different bite characteristic and their effect on the, on what the line does when they bite. But at the end of the day, if you're watching the line, you're observant, you'll get a lot of fish caught. If you don't watch that line, you only catch the ones you feel, I guarantee you a guy that's a good line watcher is going to fish circles around you. Uh, without a question, you there's so many because you're going to have a little slack as that falls. You, even good super line will barely transmit if transmit at all. And I and you and I, I think if we could only have one lure to travel the country and fish, it would be a jig head, and we'd put uh, different things on it. I go back to the 70s and 80s. We were putting straight tail worms. We were molding our own jig heads and putting straight tail four inch worms on them. And that's probably, you know, that became the shaky head, and that became the shorten the worm, became a Ned rig. A lot of these techniques aren't new. They're just people are learning about them. The other thing that happens, and you and I have talked about this, I think the resurgence of the tube. And you and I both agree that tubes, we used fish tubes a lot. And, they, and the Ned rig came on, and a lot of people went away from them. And people fish you know, get conditioned to lures. Well, there's been a lot less people throwing that tube in the last two, three years, and I think that just resurrects that lure. Absolutely, 100%. You know, you and I, like I said, we did talk about that. Uh, for me, the tube jig never went out of style. It's, it's a standard for me. That spiral drop is is borderline magical. You know, when you when you rig a tube correctly and, and give it, you know, three-quarters amount of slack line and let it go down, and the way it hunts side to side and spirals is just, very very good and i've caught everything from from bonefish to catfish on a tube jig so but i agree they come and go as they please uh or they come and go as they trend i should say and then the other thing is uh your comment about if i had one lure without question it would be a finesse jig there's it's not even in the ballpark of anything else it would be a finesse jig and i could catch everything from from big saltwater fish all the way down to panfish i i agree 100 <clears throat> percent last question if uh, anglers do want to fight the rain a little bit and get out to horse tooth in the next few days, give them a couple tips on what they should do. Well, first of all, listen to what we just said about finesse jigging. And then second of all, fish with an open mind. The, the spawn is basically winding up hard or has wound up at this point here. And so we're going to that post-spawn phase. A lot of fish on secondary banks, meaning not the main lake, but not in the back of the coves, but somewhere in between. Uh, I would look at stuff that's less steep. Uh, flatter banks are doing a little bit better. And if you fish high in the water column, you've got a good shot at catching trout and wipers. 
And if you fish tight to the bottom, you got a good shot at catching smallmouth and walleye. So it's a good time to be on the lake. The water, I will, one, one quick warning, the water is rising very quickly. So if you're coming here to camp and you park your boat overnight on the bank, park it relatively, uh, you know, relatively up on the bank. So when the water comes up overnight and then for two, there's a lot of floating debris in the middle of the lake, logs, trees, big stuff, stuff that'll tear your boat up. So uh, pay attention to that when you're running around the lake, especially if you get rain in the low visibility conditions. All right, my friend, we're out of time. If people want more information, where do they find you? Uh, FishfulThinker.com, and we'd really, really appreciate if they check out our YouTube channel at Fishful Thinker. We just exceeded 2 million views and 610 videos. We would love to have folks check that out and subscribe while we're there. All right, we will talk soon. All right, thanks very much, Terry. And thank you for donating your time to the cast event. Uh, always a special thing, and Bill Wilson told me to tell you thank you for, uh, for your time on the radio and helping him get the extra boaters. They ended up with just enough boaters. It worked out great. All right. Thank you, Chad. All right. We're going to take a time out, folks. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.